This is the Why the Last Man podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about the second episode of Why the Last Man. Would the world be kind? When I was pregnant with Kimber, a woman in a hair salon told me I was having a girl. Well, how did you know? I asked her. Girls steal your beauty, she told me. It's true. I was awake all night worried. Would she be pretty? Would she be thin? Would the world be kind to her? Or would it make her feel small? Would she tell me her secrets? Or would she see everything she hated about herself in me? Or worse, would I see everything I hated about myself in her? <laughs> With James, it was like, I just, I just hope his guts are on the inside. Welcome back, fellow survivors, to our second episode of Why the Last Man on TV Podcast Industries, talking about episode two, Would the World Be Kind? Uh, we're recording these back from back to back, and I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow survivors. I'm one of your other hosts, John. And still, I'm asking myself, why am I Chris? <laughs> why are you Chris? <laughs> why that's, are you Chris? It is, I'm getting more and more in-depth and philosophical on this. I hope so. Well, we only know that if you will start to ruminate and and philosophize around that question. It is. That, so that you're posing. See what it comes from in episode three. You're going to have to listen through all of episode two and wait till the intro for episode three to see where this goes. Spoilers. Um, episode three is going to be where is Chris? <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> As we said, we are recording these back-to-back, episode one, two, and three. We hope you've watched episode one, two, and three back-to-back, because you probably did uh, push forward as you watched the episodes, because they uh, they are uh, intended to be seen as, I think, three parts of, of a whole, of the way they were released. I think your first episode is your introduction to the world and what's going on. Your second episode is establishing the characters, and the third episode is going to be uh, pushing forward and how the series is going to progress, I think, is, is how you'd probably categorize the three episodes. But let's get into our discussion about this episode of uh, of... Why the Last Man? Uh, once again, based on the comic book series by Brian K. Vaughan and Pia Guerrero with the showrunner Eliza Clark. I mentioned last time Eliza Clark has written episode one and two and is directed by Louise Friedberg, just like the first episode. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis of episode two? Would the world be kind? Sure. With the line of succession wiped out, Representative Brown assumes the presidency as the devastating loss of life affects every corner of society. From water provision to food and power, she works with the remaining female representatives to deal with the mounting catastrophes. But some who used to be on the inside of the government, including the president's daughter Kimberly and his senior aide Nora, find that they are now on the outside of the evolving government. Still reeling from her accidental killing of her former boyfriend, Hero Brown confronts his wife and discovers she's just happy he wasn't alone when he died. Meanwhile, Yorick Brown, the last man, is searching the city for his potential fiancée, Beth. After retrieving his monkey ampersand, he goes to his sister Hero's apartment to decide what to do next. But Agent 355, who has been sent to find Hero, discovers Yorick instead and reunites the last man on Earth with his mother, President Jennifer Brown. Excellent stuff. Yes, uh, the aftermath now of the massive event that happened in Episode 1 and... uh, 
uh, things are very different for all, for all of our characters in episode two, aren't they? It's well, certainly... the whole world is different at the no. end of the beginning of this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it it really is. I, I think, you know, this is um, I, this was an interesting episode for me. Um, I'm not entirely sure um, I went with it, what they were trying to do, which I guess was just showing that fallout. Um, and, you know, with the, the title of the episode, Would the World Be Kind? You know, it's, you know, what is in this aftermath? Is it going to be a kind world or is it going to be something different mm-hmm. a bit uh, a bit more malevolent and i guess it, it's it's elements of both really here um you know we see the white house being um attacked yeah. and, and breached uh, and and president brown is not in there but certainly you know the, there's a lot of confusion a lot of fear within the society and that is is expressing itself with that yeah. attack on the uh on, on the white house you know that there's conspiracies raging about what has happened uh, and why it's happened and these are creating distrust uh suspicion mm-hmm. and fear more fear and um, so you know that is really interesting and, and but at the same time you know what i really liked was the uh, attempt at containing it trying to build um from this um or, or as uh, President Brown says, you know, we're just trying to survive. Mm-hmm. We're trying to do the survival. You know, the the, the clearing up of the bodies, the public announcements. Um, you know, so there is still a, a, a government. There is still semblance of a society. But I guess it's at that tipping point of um, does, you know, does that survive or will there be these whole new different power structures yeah. uh, developing? Um, and just all the impending catastrophes that are going on, everything's falling apart. And it's it's a really good idea, isn't it? It's, it's the, the concept of what if women were in charge of the world is, is it could be the way they go. But what they really go with is what if this massive catastrophe that wipes out 50% of the population happened? And how are people struggling and surviving with it? So that's what's, yeah. that's what's going on. Yeah. Here. I do, I, I do like where President Brown now is looking at the White House being taken and everybody else around her is going, we have to push them back. We have to make sure they don't breach the White House. She's just going, it's just a house. We can rebuild the house. Yeah. It's fine. We have a lot more important things to deal with here. Yeah. And I guess it's, it, it's like, you know, in a sense, a revolution has happened, but not in, in terms of how we would understand it. It is just simply, um, that, you know, the existing power structures, you know, this idea of the line mm-hmm. of succession, uh, you know, for the president, uh, where there's been a- a- an event, but there's also the, the tenuous nature of, um, Jennifer Brown's position as well, you know, and that beginning, um, as well. And all these people are in new, unknown, fearful, um, situations yeah. like Kimberly and Nora, um, who, you know, were at the center of power in the US and of, you know, of one of the superpowers. Uh, and now, um, they, they, they're no longer, uh, in, in, in the same boat uh, anymore. So yeah, yeah re- I thought it was interesting, but I, I, you know, I, I, um, I think it was as part of a three episodes. I enjoyed this episode, I think, as a, um, on its own. Um, I, maybe I could just say it probably, if it, it felt like it dragged for me, um, yeah. for sure. Uh, but 
I think yeah. as part of the three, I think it works really well. Yeah, it's such a weird one, isn't it? It's like they've been listening to our, ourselves for years, or they've been listening to journalists for years who do TV shows where they always have said, give a show three episodes before you decide whether you want to watch it or not. Uh, after the third episode, you'll know whether you're in or not to watch the rest of the series effectively. And now channels like Hulu and Amazon Prime uh, are now releasing three episodes in one day. So effectively, they're all there for you. Watch all three of them and then make your decision. It's, it's yeah. like that's it's yeah. like they've stood to the challenge and said, right, we're going to give you those three episodes. So, uh, And then you can commit to the rest of the series, which I think is really interesting that they're doing that now. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Uh, I, I'm going to save a, a lot of my thoughts for our discussions. Um, but yes, I'm pretty much the same. I, I'm leaning more towards John on this one. Um, I think I texted you guys as soon as I finished episode two going, whew, bit of a slow burn. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, and that's not a bad thing. Um mm. But uh, in terms of the, the 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 dropping of individuals, episodes one, two, and three, I was somewhat hesitant. It's very interesting because, like, even originally, I think it was just the first two that was going to be released. But then mm-hmm. they've added the third in uh, to give it that oomph. Bec- and I can see why now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because at the end of this episode, you're like, "Hmm, we've got a good one and a slow one." It, it's. It didn't end with that initial hook that you would like, oh my god, like what? Like it, that, that Netflix, I need to let it continue into the next episode just, just to see, because it very much left it at, okay, I can wait till next week. That's fine. Okay. It's okay. Just, it just wasn't that, that, that insatiable. Give it to me now. For you, exactly, Chris, because I think this episode has a massive cliffhanger moment uh, at the end of the episode and definitely made me want to, want to watch the other one. The one thing I will say about the episode is so much is crammed in here. There's so much so much going on. Every character gets a big moment or every character gets a moment of the episode. Uh, we're going to talk about our three big moments, the ones that uh, each of us thought were the ones we want to talk about from the episode. Um, but hopefully we'll be able to cover everything that went on, uh, at least enough to talk about. So, Chris, do you want to kick us off with your big moment from the episode, the thing that you that stood out to you? Sure. Um, one of the, the key aspects for me is uh, Hero and Sam. Um, right. So, and the, the, essentially the journey of Hero throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we, we kind of see Hero um, start to struggle with the, the death of her lover um, because she did just find out he was still with his wife. Um, mm-hmm. even though he had told her he was leaving the wife, etc., and we yeah. knew that there was a new baby in the scene, um, so we're introduced back to Hero in these kind of identification centers within New York. Yeah, of uh, kind of like, hey, if they found the body of the man, they'll bring the proof of life, proof, or in this case, proof of death. I should say exactly. Um, so we find her kind of searching, and we're not sure what, where, why. And then it starts to make sense throughout the episode. But we are also introduced to a man. And you're, you're straight away not fully comprehending. It does take a second to understand what. Now, for uh, readers of the comic book, you understand it straight away. Uh, but uh, for, for some others, they may go, I thought, why was the last man? Hmm. Um, and it's introduction we, we, within the first 10 seconds, they explain that this is the last testosterone that they could get. So you are introduced to Sam and these other transgendered individuals Mm -hmm. who are trying to survive. And throughout the course of this episode, you have hero struggle and Sam struggle. 
Um, Hero is friends with them, obviously being able to get them testosterone um, uh, or f- from some of the medical uh, centers. I think we were kind of led to, they suggested that she was able to get them some. Oh, potentially, potentially. I, I know that we saw Sam last episode. He was uh, with Hero at the AA center, so they definitely have that real closeness of a relationship. Yeah. But, um, but you're right. I do, I do love the story. I love how uh, how it's played out on screen. Um, I think it's absolutely heartbreaking when you hear Sam going. You know, I'm I'm in the city as a trans man, and I used to feel completely free in New York City. And yeah. now, every time I go outside, I'm getting posed with these questions of. Are you a man? And I have to explain over and over yeah. again to these people in a city yeah. I used to feel safe in. Um, I think it's a, a really well, a really good treatment of, uh, of what's going on, uh, for these characters. Well, and, and it's even that, you know, he, he, he stays with Hero, um, mm-hmm. in the city, uh, despite, you know, despite the other guys taking off and, and taking off with all the testosterone. I think yeah. he has one vial left, yeah. uh, because, that they're off to his transphobic uh, grandmother yeah. um out in 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 the countryside um and you know i think that i loved hero's response uh, and the support that she you know just briefly gave to sam in, in that moment i thought it was um you know really really good but it was her fault that was the interesting part uh, and it was so for me it was like Yet again, we, we see, and I, I called it out in the, the first episode, these are problematic children. Yeah. Eric yeah. and Hero. Definitely. Um, and it was just, a, it is a last poor Yarrick, Um and Hero is the same. It's, they are so flawed characters. How do we call it? Flawed characters. And the rest of the world falls around that. Or, I, I mean... I, I think so. I, I think they're just dealing with their own thing. And for Hero, it was that, you know, she killed a man, um, ultimately, in a sense, has gotten a, a get out of jail free card mm-hmm. in this yep. because of the event. But, you know, for herself, inwardly, it's I killed him. Um, and no matter what has happened internally, she's got that. And I, uh, I suspect, you know, that will have to come out at some point to someone in confidence, like Sam. I think with Sam, he's also dealing with the idea that, you know, he's, as Derek has said, he's gone from where, you know, he's in the anonymous big city, mm-hmm. in the big smoke, um, where, with, with diversity and so on. And the next thing, he's having to scramble for testosterone with the option of going to a transphobic, um, grandmother of, of a, a fellow uh transgender person um and that is what he's dealing with and you know you you see that in the sense that they're trying to get their supplies together and hero is like well i got a um it's not a swiss army knife but it's the uh, american kind of equivalent with the pliers what i can't remember you know the little like swiss army knife mm-hmm. type thing multi-tool yeah something like that um and they go we've got three of those you were supposed to get gas um and because she's she's actually not really concentrating on it uh, and yeah. so you know sam i guess when forced to make the decision because hero isn't there when they go off um decides to stick with hero yeah. um and i i just liked her um kind of you know realization that it it was her 
fault for not being there um but you know is there for him and i thought that was nice how do you think the other storyline uh, of heroes played out chris at the at the uh, finding the wife of her boyfriend um giving her closure i suppose on the story of her husband how do you think the reaction of of uh, of the wife played out and did you like that hey i've never been part of uh, infidelity um i should put that out there i didn't feel this was <laughs> no you true. didn't put that out there chris which I is the didn't, good thing. But exactly that's my problem well actually no not a problem but sorry anyway jokes aside this felt strange for me okay it was the the the, the ultimate uh, acceptance straight away of um, Hero's lover's wife that she knew there was someone or she always suspected there was someone new and it was her and they were driving around together oh it made all sense it was just that ultimate acceptance and defeat within seconds and then mm. the storyline's over and I'm like I, I don't understand I, I don't have a frame of reference for this so I, I kind of like would you not just a bit scream and shout? Would you cry? Would you just wail? See, I thought this was really them? good. It's, it's you know, we're, we're following this massive event that none of us have ever experienced before. So I really liked how they dealt with this in here because it's something completely different. It's, it's just a reaction of this person to the situation she's in. There's nothing she can do. She can't bring it back. Um, and she wouldn't want to now because she's found out that she, she, he has been cheating on it. But... I kind of love that she gets closer, closer to her story, which is what she's been looking for for these, I think it's 65 days at this stage, 63 days, right. something like that, uh, that has, has passed. So two months, um, where Hero has been going to the same place over and over again, um, seeing this woman here and knowing that it is probably the wife of, of the person that she was sleeping with. Um, and I love that, that even though Hero built herself up to get there and has been all consumed by it, the wife effectively goes, well, at least I'm not crazy. I kind of knew that was happening, but at least I know I'm not mad. And at least he wasn't alone when he died, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, there is some kind of consolation I can take from the revelation, I suppose. And then that's it. They part ways. And it, it, it's still those echoes of the previous life happening, you know, in the sense of um, I thought I was going mad. I thought I could be just imagining it or yeah. dreaming it and so actually she as you say it, it's closure um and it but it, the, those echoes are in in the same way as you know of what your life was like before like with sam uh and and uh even with uh with hero mm -hmm. with the fact that she killed someone and these are still clinging on even though the transformation of their situation has, has occurred. Yeah. And that's, I guess that's the really interesting dynamic here is, is how that sort of buttresses up, how you deal with it. And in a sense, I guess we will see a lot of people struggling with yeah. that change. Uh, like we see with, with Nora in this episode, you know, she is turned away from the president's compound and um, because, and, um, you know, it's not just that she's, she's turned away. It, it's for her, it'll be, uh, you know, they don't see the value of what she 
can bring yeah. to the and after and being the president's a, yeah. aide, that's a significant thing to to process. And completely consumed your um, life beforehand, and suddenly exactly. it's like they won't even let me yeah. in because I'm not on the list. Um, yeah. You yeah. Know. So I, I why would Jennifer put her on the list? Because they had that massive argument. She wouldn't even think about this woman for a president's aide. But yeah. It is a ma- a person with massive power in the past and and massive um, access within the the world of the government is suddenly got and suddenly told to turn away and go home effectively yeah yeah so i mean i i thought this um i thought this was all really kind of spot on actually um and one of the things i do i I wonder about how the story's playing out you know obviously we have yarrick himself being the last man alive effectively and the way these scenes play out with hero where she's going in and there's all of these people looking for their partners looking for what happened to their partners not moving on with their life if they realize that Yarek is still alive, doesn't that reignite the hope that possibly their partners are alive? Um, they haven't given up on it. So are they going to start to look even harder? Possibly maybe one of their husbands or one of their sons might be alive somewhere kind of thing. Um, yeah. So that's the big scary side of what the, the uh, burden that Yarek has to carry really, isn't it? And it is. It's, it's, it's this constant fear. And it, it harkens back. And every now and again, I really do like... When shows choose a very poignant and correct, the correct title, it, mm-hmm. it's it's like when you win the lottery because every now and again it's just ah they picked it for like whatever, but this one it is would certain people in this event post this event be kind? Would it change them for the better? Does it would it change the 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 needs for Nora? Would they be kind to Nora? Would the, the wife of an adulterer be kind mm-hmm. when she yeah. finds the lover. Would Yark be kind or would people who find Yark be kind? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Excellent first point. Uh, Chris, what about yourself, John? What's, what's your major moment from the episode? Well, I think my major moment, and it's about the idea of would people be kind, uh, to, uh, to Yark, uh, when they first meet him, um, Maybe you could argue I'm the shallow one here, whether it's because I'm picking Yorick again or whether it's because I'm picking him uh, as naked as the day he was born. <laughs> uh, in the same way as that not only do the ladies in the laundrette see a man uh, six, 65 plus days since uh, the event, mm-hmm. they see him in, uh, I guess, all his glory uh, oh. as well. And I have to say, you know, I think this was just... From a comedy point of view, um, I loved this moment. Uh, the fact that not only was he being spotted as a man by uh, women for the first time in a world without men, but he was effectively trying to get dry clothes from off the hangar at the laundrette. And this is where you really saw Yorick um he you know certainly faced with a gun in his in his face um uh pointed by one of the uh, the the ladies it was um you know he just cowered he went fetal um he couldn't deal with this this you know he's not someone to deal with the 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 stress of antagonism or violence and he just sort of cowered away into that fetal position but you know, the whole thing, um, I kind of was roaring, laughing, really. And I, um, 
I loved it when he came out with the line, I don't like doing this naked, which was almost <laughs> a like, just let me put these clothes on and then you can continue to point the gun at my yeah. face and we'll have this conversation. Um, and I, I thought this was just um, a really, just a, a great little sort of, flash moment um here uh yeah. after you know he he's gone into the tunnels to try and find ampersand who's run off and he's gone into the the uh underground uh metro system which is all beginning to flood because the electricity is is is, is off and uh, effectively the the pumps that normally would keep it dry uh, are no longer working um, and so you know this is ampersand's uh you know again the the character of ampersand here putting uh, yorick into a situation where um you know he he's faced with uh three three uh women who are you know not entirely happy to see him i mean actually you know it's really one of the women that persuades um her her mother or her sister or a friend to put the gun down because she is seeing him as an asset that exactly. she can trade and yep. you know this is where um you know the the currency of this world uh, is is going to be in in Yorick here whether he's the last of, of them, yeah. right? So yeah, yeah, as a slave, as a object of desire, Maybe. as a you know, I guess a a a, a fountain of you know what, uh, whatever it may be, um, you know, he is a commodity in a world without men. He's a commodity, and that's kind of that was a really uh, it interesting take uh, as well yeah. um, I, I think the direction of the scene is really good because as you say it does feel like a real comedy moment it's, it's that uh, it is that moment of naked Yarrick three women standing over him there's the uh, the language barrier as well there's one person translating yeah, while the other two exactly. are, are, are speaking in a foreign tongue to, to Yarrick and he's there going not able to understand what, what's going on he's he's curling up in a ball and then I do think it twists a bit more it does twist into this poor pathetic Yarrick moment where all three of them kind of looking at him going, if this is the last man alive, well, he's not even worth, he's exactly. not even worth it almost. Uh, and that is kind of the, the piece of Yarrick that is, uh, that we'll see a bit in the show, I think, or, or have seen a bit in the show. He's not the most worthy survivor, but he is the survivor we have kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, that was my, my top moment, uh, from, from this. The, the other interesting Yorick moment as well, um, is, as he was clearing out his apartment to go on the road to do all the tagging and so on, um, I did notice, weirdly, a bottle of Vimto on his shelf. And I thought that was an, a weird choice. And, and why, um, I don't know whether Vimto is big in America or not, but I just associate that very much with my childhood um, from Northwest England. So I was like, okay, interesting. You know, I thought a, a Coke bottle or something like that. And instead, you've got... Uh, it's like having my waddy on there, I guess, for, for you guys. Um, you know, I've probably yeah. not pronounced that the, <laughs> no, the right, right way right. at all. You're right. It's, it's a, a non-alcoholic cordial. I actually only know Vimto from uh, from nightclubs in Manchester where they make a cheeky Vimto, which is a very alcoholic drink that tastes like a black curd uh, cordial. 
but what a weird thing to spot in the episode and uh, just a little bit about Amp as well Ampersand uh, this is very much his character he gets himself into lots of trouble uh, leading Yurik yeah. uh, into into situations he shouldn't be in and uh, most of the rest of the gang as well so uh, so I do like that we get to see this this early on we see Amp just running away and uh, and leading Yurik into such a, a difficult situation this could have been him dead or him Captured, captured. So, uh, look at, luckily, the kindest of strangers got him out of it. Yeah. I mean, actually, just on that moment where Yorick goes into the flooded, uh, metro system mm. tunnels, um, and he, he slips. And I wondered what was going on here. You know, I had images of alligators uh, in the, <laughs> in the metro system or something about to pop up or, you know, maybe, um, sort of like a shark moment, um, from the aquarium that all escaped into the, the underground system. Well, you know, and I was, as he comes out of the water, you know, he, his eye, water in his eyes, it coming down his face, he sees this picture of a man, which is ultimately a poster. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what freaks him out. He's completely freaked out. He thinks there's a man hiding in the subway, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> love that little moment. But again, not the survivor that everybody may have chosen, uh, but he is the survivor we all have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my big moment from the episode, I promise again, uh, like John, I'm not going to pick the same uh, person or the same point every episode, but uh, but I think President Brown uh, really deserves a point uh, in this episode, and particularly um, her discussion with the uh, former First Lady, uh, Lila Bennett, who is now being effectively held prisoner um, by the new administration. Um, I, I, again, I love how you play out these impacts. She was formerly... First Lady, she formerly had a security detail on her at all times in case there was any threat to her life. So that is continuing because, well, technically she is still the last First Lady, right? So, yeah. um, yeah, I love this and I love that she's going pretty insane by yeah. what, everything that's happened. The idea that her husband, the most protected man on the planet, just dropped dead, um, along with every other man on the planet has clearly affected her mind. Um, and all she wants to do is go home and, and bury her son. Um, I just think it's really an interesting um, side to that character that we're seeing and how she's interacting with new President Brown here. We see something similar, obviously, with Kimberly, the, the president's daughter, who's effectively lost three sons and a husband. And she's dealing with it by trying to get all the sperm in every sperm bank in America saved in case possibly that could reignite all men in society because without men the the future is dead is what she says to yeah. President Brown and President Brown's going we're not looking at the future we're looking to just survive this new present that we have effectively yeah. um, but the speech of Lila Bennett to, uh, to President Brown where she's saying about how she thought about her children as they were being born uh, is where the line from the episode comes from would the world be kind is this idea that when she was first told she was pregnant with a girl, she was wondering whether her child would grow pretty enough. Would she be smart enough? Would she have the, would she have all the right characteristics? Yeah. Would she make her angry by the way that she was? Would she have all of the worst characteristics that she had? Is that she worried about her every day until her child was born in case the world wouldn't be kind to her? And then when she was pregnant with her son, it was just, well, I hope all of his guts are on the inside. And that <laughs> yeah. was it, because you don't have to worry about a man. You don't have to worry about a male child being born to you when you're a woman. You have to worry about a woman being born into the world and how the world will treat them as they grow up. And I think it's a, a really interesting conversation to have, especially because all that's left now are women in this world. Yeah, and I, I, th I think that the... The great thing about how that finishes as well and on why she feels like 
um, this prisoner, uh, in this, this compound, uh, with the, the new administration is because in the world without men, she now just wants to go home so that she can bury her son who mm. has died in the event. And that I, I found out really, um, emotional yeah. from her. Um, but certainly the situation for, um, Lila Bennett is making her go, um, you know, do lally, uh, to some extent, uh, and really, uh, sort of lose, uh, the, the, the plot really, uh, of her own sort of reality, oh, really. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was a, a, a really interesting way, like switching that idea. You know, I don't have to worry about the, the, my son, mm-hmm. as long as the guts are on the inside. But now that's all she can worry about because he's no longer there. And he's dead, and yeah. it's just about that closure of burial, you know. Exactly. Um, exactly. So, yeah. and, and the response from President Brown as well. You know, you're not a prisoner here. You just have to wait a few more months while we get everything set up, and then you can go, kind of thing. It's like, well, then I am a prisoner for those few more months, right? Well, no. She also she wants a detail, so that's one of the main things. Like, she wants a detail to take her and the 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 Kimberly to Oakland. Not Oklahoma, but wherever they wanted to bury the the son. Yes, President Brown won't send them off without a detail because she's the former first lady. But uh, but she's willing to walk there effectively without any detail at all. She's willing to walk out of that door yeah. and never come back as long as she's able to leave. So she is effectively a prisoner. Um, loads of other great moments in the episode, um, particularly President Brown's initial speech when she takes over uh, that moment where she's saying everything's going to actually get worse here. And I know it's scary, but it's going to take every single one of us to work together to get things back up and running. I think yeah. it's a really inspiring moment and a great, again, wonderful moment from, from Diane Lane. Yeah, uh, definitely. Any uh, other notes from the episode, guys? Yeah, just um, one from me around Agent uh, 355 um, because mm. ultimately here we get uh, the first mention of the Culpa ring. Yes, we do. Uh, so, you know... Um, Agent 355, a.k.a. Sarah Bergen, um, a.k.a. her actual real name, mm-hmm. um, you know, is not CIA. She's not FBI. Uh, it's it, it goes beyond that, you know, a deep covert task force yeah. uh, known as the Culper Ring, which will um, will pop up um, in, well, it popped up in the comics, mm-hmm. uh, certainly. So I'm expecting to see uh, this um, uh, this organization and task force again. What's left of it, of oh, course. Oh, what's left of it. She specifically says to, to Jennifer Brown that, you know, there's nobody that I'm reporting to that has been able to brief you on this, but I report to you now. Yeah. Um, I report directly to the president and you can give me any order and I have to follow it. Uh, but you are, but I'm not trained to brief you. That's all I can tell you, basically. Yeah. And that's, uh, so that's the other thing is that, um, Agent 355 is essentially now, um, the, the link with the president, um, for Culper Ring. Mm-hmm. And so is, has assigned herself to, to Jennifer Brown and is on the mission, uh, to find Hero, um, by the president. And of course, with the ending that when she goes in to Hero's apartment, it's actually Yorick that is there. Um, and, 
is is swiftly sort of knocked to the ground yeah. to be brought back to his mum. Yes, I do like the first meeting of Yark and uh, and three fifty five is that she kicks his ass because that's pretty much uh, the the right way to have those two characters meet. That's <laughs> how it continues on. <laughs> no spoilers, but yes, she does kick yeah. his ass a few more times. <laughs> hey, you need to look at Yark. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one uh, final thing, just to mention. Um, when Hero and Sam meet back up towards the end of the episode, Sam is pushing Hero to go to her mother. So uh, while we do have Agent 355 bringing the last man on Earth to meet his new president mom uh, at the end of the episode, we do have that um, moment that Sam and Hero are no longer leaving the city um, to go to go off uh, to that to the uh, the transphobic grandmother. Uh, Sam is saying, you need to sort this out. You need to do this favor for me and get me to your mother. Uh, more than pushing Hero to go back to meet her mother, he's making sure that she is taking care of her friend, Sam. He, he She owes him one, effectively. So yeah. uh, so they're also going to be on a journey to uh, to um, Washington, I guess. To yeah, and, to- and you get the understanding about, um, you know, the strained or complicated relationship that Hero has mm-hmm. with her mom with, you know, I won't be halfway sober if she's a, if I'm around her. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Excellent stuff. I think that's it for the discussion about this episode overall. Uh, any final thoughts on the episode? Uh, for me, I, I, I'll just jump in very quickly. Um, it was a bit of a slow burn, unfortunately. Um, I think, and again, I understand why they're trying to do this. They're, they're, um, they're trying to really establish who the characters are for everyone. Um, so that you really understand kind of where they are in this greater world. It just, this, uh, so I'm watching this with my, my wife, my partner, and this, I could see her flagging on this episode. Um, and I understand they, they did the first three. That is still nearly three hours worth of media that you need to get to in order to decide. And like, this was just, it needed a bit more. I, I, I can't, I, I don't know what it would just, it, it just started to flag. It was just a slow, it was slow burn kind of a, a drip feed of some of the story when it wasn't even that slow it wasn't that graffiti it had some memorable moments it just felt elongated i think is the only thing still thoroughly enjoyed it um very much with this ending happy to get into the next episode it just it it very much as i said at the very very start it felt like it was missing that huge punch at -hmm. the end what about yourself john no, I, I think I'm kind of there with you, actually, Chris. In fact, I've probably enjoyed discussing it more, getting the views, because I just didn't quite know how to slice and dice this episode for myself, I think. Um, uh, and that's why I mean, but I still thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and I, I think I probably en- would enjoy it more watching it after we've had this discussion, because there are some really good memorable moments. And, and maybe that's why I ultimately picked the n- naked Yorick in, in the laundrette, <laughs> because, uh, you know, that, that felt like a blast of, 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 um, something, um, sort of eventful. And I guess coming off the back of the event, it is ultimately, well, this is the, the mundane that actually happens after it. Certainly if you're following the, the presidency, um, I say mundane, but you know, it's the getting people off the streets out of New York. Right. It's, you know, saving sperm from a bank. It's, it's those kind of 
less glamorous things. That's uh, a better way to say it. Yeah, mundane yeah. is probably not how I describe yeah, no, it. Yeah, no, it's not mundane. And <laughs> um, but I, I'd give this three and a half bottles of Vimto out of five. And um, I, you know, I I did enjoy it, and I've enjoyed discussing it. Actually, I, I feel like mm-hmm. we've got a better idea of this episode and uh, but certainly yeah i i just didn't quite know how to sort of digest this um in, in the first instance right um for sure um but derek what about yourself yeah but overall i actually really like this episode i watched the first episode uh, one and two and then one and two again before going on to the third episode so i think i had a better appreciation of it the second time i watched the episode i think there's so many characters that they're dealing with this is a truly an ensemble show despite the title of the show being why the last man it could absolutely fall on the shoulders of Yark and explore just his story but I think what they're doing in this episode particularly is setting up how many people are affected by this effectively the entire world and yeah. so they're uh, using proxies and using the connections between our major family that we have the Browns uh, and everybody that's surrounding them to kind of give us some stories and some ideas of what's going on in this in this world after this massively tragic event so and I think it was dealt with really well personally I, I loved it and the big reveal at the end that Yarrick is already at his mother's um was a massive shock I'm sure that was significantly later in the comics it's about yeah. it's towards the end of the first arc i think uh, of the comics about eight issues in so i wasn't expecting in episode two that already we'd have 355 going there pop on the helicopter right here you are your president's there your president mom's there and you're safe as uh as the white house or the the whatever the new name for the equivalent is uh at the at the pentagon um but yes i, I really really like this episode and i'm uh delighted to go on to episode three Let's check in with our listeners and, uh, and hear what they have to say about the first couple of episodes. Uh, first up, Ronaldo over on Facebook says, My partner Eve and I are riveted to this series. Admittedly, admittedly, I've only read the first volume of the comic series ages ago, so it's all new again to me. You could feel the WTF moment when the owners of the laundrette found Yarek stealing clothes off the rack. Now that he's been discovered, I feel very nervous for him, as he will certainly be seen as a valuable asset. Can't wait to keep watching the show. Valuable asset is one way of describing Yark. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it is. I, I think he may have had three valuable assets um, that she was trying to protect. Mm-hmm. But uh, thanks, Ronaldo. Um, yeah, I, I think the the laundrette, you know, had that lovely uh, sort of dual role of being, you know, funny and comedic, but ultimately having that. Um, you know, realization, uh, that he's become an asset, a commodity, um, which depending on who he confronts, um, can be pretty dangerous for him, uh, for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Thanks, Ray. Yes. Thank you, Ray. We also had some feedback over on Facebook from Deanna DeBrine Mascal, who said, I'm honestly afraid for York and my heart breaks for Sam. I really don't like Kimber, but the look on her face when she ran into the children as a mother of a son, this series tears my heart out. I cannot imagine how President Brown feels to hug her living son. I'm so intrigued by Agent 355. The show continues to be a ride. Thanks so much for inviting me to take it with you guys. Thank you, Deanna. And yeah, um, I, I think this show probably hits hard for uh, parents. I, I think that's kind of, the, they'll, they'll have that aspect in there, especially yeah. parents of any son or uh, any boys. Yeah, absolutely. But, but you're totally right. That moment with Kimberly where she's walking through the hallway and sees the other children uh, running back through there. It's, it's so well, uh, so well directed and so well filmed and so well acted. It's, it's a heart breaking moment, even though, 
I wasn't a particular fan of the character of, of Kimberly in the first episode, uh, seeing her experiencing that after the, uh, the knowledge that she's lost three sons and a husband. It was yeah. such a great moment. Yeah, it, it, it was a really uh, great uh, shot of her, almost like leaning against the wall as well, you know, mm. the sort of the legs taken from under her. Exactly. Um, really good. And, yeah, I mean, Agent 355, again, haven't necessarily touched on it as as much uh, in, in in this discussion mm. but yeah um i'm i'm really uh, enjoying agent 355 i should exactly. say yes i'm going to get this wrong all the time <laughs> um so it's agent 355 I not agent yeah. 355 or agent 355 yep. uh, i keep getting told off by derek it's not that, it's just that occasionally to shorten it down, weirdly, people call her 350, which is when I realized her name is 355, not 355, because <laughs> that's just how it appears in the comics. So uh, thanks so much, Diana, and thanks everybody else for your feedback. You can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com if you have any thoughts on Why the Last Man or the other show that we're covering uh, each week, which is Marvel's What If. Uh, you can also join us over in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries, where we put up a spoiler post uh, for every episode of the show. Yes, thank you so much, and we'll speak to you again soon. Yeah, and of course, um, we will be back uh, next time with Why the Last Man, Episode 3. Neil, so thanks so much, fellow survivors, for joining us uh, in our Episode 2 discussions. And remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep surviving. Bye. Bye. Bye.